important message is. Nothing important. Cool. Okay. Hello, everyone. Wow. Man, I swear, each time I start, each time I start an episode, I never start it right. Like, it takes me, like, three times to really, like, get in the starting an episode, because I feel like I sound so stupid. Um, so, so here we go. Okay. Hey, guys, what's up? It's your girl, Gracie. I don't know where, I was about to quote, like, a TikTok where it's like, it's your boy, young metronome or something. I can't remember it now, but that's what I was going to say. So, hey guys, what's up? It's Gracie. It's good to see you again. How's your week going? I hope you're doing good. I'm a little out of it right now. If you can't tell from my voice, I have gotten sick again. Um, I have some throat numbing spray in my mouth right now so that I can kind of, you know, talk louder than a whisper and not be in too much pain, but if you hear me kind of like phase in and out of vocal range a little bit, I'm going to have to turn the volume up for this one, so sorry about it. My throat really hurts. I'm just going to push through though because it's, it's like, it's October, you know, and like I have plans for next week and I don't want to have to like push back any more episodes. I already felt so bad about canceling that one week and having to do like, you know, the werewolf one the next week but like I just I like I like filming and I don't like not talking to y'all and I want to say like hi to my friends <laughs> okay whatever I'm gonna drink more drink though this does mean that I will be taking a lot more drink breaks so that's fun today I'm drinking a delicious um diet diet coke I almost said diet cock okay <laughs> Oh man, it's been a day, y'all. Um, I don't have anything to like start this episode. I feel like I'm already kind of out of it. So let's just go ahead and get started. Um, so today we are talking about cannibals because I was originally gonna like focus on like the zombies. Like there was that dude who ate all those bath salts and ate all those dudes, um, like a few years ago. But I was like, no, like everyone knows about that dude. Like everyone knows about like the man who took a bunch of bath salts like that was crazy but he's not like a real cannibal you know what I mean I wanted to look into zombies slash cannibals that actually like consciously did what they did um and this week I am doing two stories because they're both kind of short and I don't know I kind of I liked researching two different stories I felt like I don't know it was fun so this is like a zombie-ish stories, but zombies aren't real yet. So this is cannibal stories, but imagine zombies. Whenever I'm telling the story, I'd be like, ah, oh, man, zombies, crazy, right? So today, the trigger warnings for both of these crimes are murder, of course, mutilation, and, you know, cannibalism. And I would like to thank Bizarrepedia for help on all these stories. I also used um, some New York Post for the second story, but... And some Wikipedia, of course, because, you know, I'm not an expert expert. <laughs> I'm just here having fun. Ow. Okay, so let's get started. Um, <laughs> the first story today is going to be over Armin Muse, who is the consensual cannibal. Now, I do have some mixed feelings about his story. Um, I feel like he could have been a much more prominent murderer, but he didn't, like do anything super terrible besides eating a dude it's like it's weird though 
it's just, it's an interesting story. Let's just get into it. The psyche of everyone involved is confusing to me, but I think it's super interesting. So let's jump in. Born on December 1st, 1961, Armin Muse was born in Germany. Germany? I'm good. <laughs> born on December 1st, 1961, Armin Muse was born in Germany to Detlef Muse and Waltrod Muse. I don't know which one's the mom, which one's the dad, but those are his parents. And his childhood, of course, kind of sucked like most killers do. Um, his dad left whenever he was extremely young and his mother was a tyrant. She was super controlling and punished baby Muse over really everything and kind of just made sure like he never stepped out of line, he had to be perfect. It was like, it was very hard for him growing up in like a very like authoritarian household, you know? And at a young age, he started to have fantasies of eating his friends, and as he grew, he became obsessed with websites that promoted cannibalism. However, it wasn't until after his mother passed away when he was 42 did he actually seriously consider eating a man. Uh, he moved back into his mother's house and was apparently, like, an awesome neighbor. Uh, he would, like, help his neighbors fix their cars whenever they had car problems. He would do, like, landscaping work for them and even would invite, like, his neighbors over for dinner parties. However, what they didn't know is that their perfect neighbor wanted to have a dinner party of a different kind. Dun, dun, dun! I wrote that line and I was really, really proud of myself. I was like, oh man, I'm a, I'm a comedic genius. Also, I feel weird about making stories about both of these dudes because technically, like, it's like, it's weird because both of them are clearly messed up. Like, everyone involved in these stories are messed up and have problems, but like, I don't want to say they didn't do anything wrong, but like, I feel like their crimes are like, less crazy? I don't, I don't freaking know. Anyways, so... <laughs> In February of 2001, Muse posted an ad on a website called Cannibal Cafe. It was a dark web website that is now closed, but it can be viewed on the Wayback Machine. I looked at it while doing some research, and it is weird. It is a weird website, and I, like, I didn't want to look too much into it because it kind of freaked me out, but it was just, it's, like, it's not, like, creepy. It's just, like, weird. It's a weird website. You can also find um, the pictures that Muse posted on the on this website. Um, don't go look, cause I did, and now I'm scarred for life. So um, uh, he posted an ad that said he was looking for a young, well-built man who wanted to be eaten, and he got a bunch of responses. He went through like. Yeah, like, a bunch of people were like, oh, yes, I am a young, well-built man who wants to be eaten. Please eat me. And it's just, it's just, it's, uh. Anyways, he went through a bunch of candidates, and he was, like, nah to a bunch of them, which really confuses me. Like, if you wanted to eat someone so badly, why would you be picky? And how do you decide who you're like, ah, oh, yes, I want to eat this man? Like, What's the vetting process like? How did he vet people? Was he just like, saw them and he was like, nah? Or was he just like, ah, I don't want to eat. Like, I don't get it. And like, wouldn't, do you eat like the muscle off of, off of animals? Do you eat the muscle off of man? How much meat does a person have? I have so many questions for all these people, but whatever. 
there was one man that he talked to for a while for like I think it was like a few months and he eventually came over to Mew's house and like whenever they started to like get into the process of getting ready to eat him uh, he actually just decided that he didn't want to be eaten anymore and Muse was like oh okay you can leave and then he just left like see and that's where I'm kind of like I'm confused like so this man like he wanted to eat someone but he was like hey you you gotta you know I don't uh, it's weird it makes me feel very conflicted but that's why I wanted to talk about it because I want to have a dialogue okay so um Muse finally met a 36 year old computer engineer from Berlin named Bernard Brandes Brandes and Muse were a match made in heaven. Just like Muse had always wanted to eat someone, Brandes had always wanted to be eaten. Apparently, he suffered from severe abandonment issues and severe depression, so he thought he'd be a perfect fit for Muse's cannibalistic cravings. They emailed for a month straight and then finally decided to meet. <laughs> meet? Meet? I feel like since it was consensual, I can kind of make little side jokes, but like, I don't know, I feel weird about it. But it's like, anyways, so on March 9th, 2001, the two met, meet, I wrote down meet again, man, I'm gonna beat that joke to death, at Muse's farmhouse and was taken to the master bedroom where they talked through like what was going to happen in the process of everything. Once they're ready to get down to business, and after getting Brandes more, like, opportunities to decide he didn't want to anymore and to back out, Muse fed Brandes sleeping pills, and he made him wash them down with schnapps and liquid cold medicine. Which sounds like a party to me, brothers! Anyway, <laughs> once they began to affect Brandes, Muse set up a video camera, and they began... What happened? Uh, first, Muse cut off Brandes' penis, and while still conscious, Brandes asked if he could eat some of his own dick. So Muse boiled it and fed it to the victim, who then complained that it was too tough to eat. He complained that his own penis was too tough to eat. His own penis was too tough to eat, and he complained about it. He complained that his dick was too tough to eat. He could, he could not comfortably consume his own penis. He requested a bath, and uh, I don't know why. He was like, ah, I want a bath now. And Muse set up a nice warm bath and let Brenda soak for a bit and kind of, I guess, bleed out. I believe that's what the plan was, was just to get him to bleed out. Um... And while waiting for the man to bleed out, um, Muse actually read Star Trek to the victim. I don't know which book, but he just, like, popped down next to him and read some Star Trek to him, which is, like, I don't want to use the word nice, because, like, he's a murderer. Because next, after Brandes took too long to die, Muse kissed Brandes one more last time and then slit his throat. Muse cut up the body, pan-broiled the flesh, and set up his table all nice and fancy like he was having an extravagant meal. He took a big glass of red wine and ate. And once he was full, he packed his leftovers and immediately went and posted a new ad for a new man to eat. The picture that I was talking about earlier that he posted on his website, for like the Cannibal Cafe website, he tried to pass them off as just being a very convincing non-murder photo shoot. 
and said that, like, it was just pig and it's totally normal. Um, but his, like, you know, online friend was really creeped out and went ahead and called the police on him. And whenever the police got there, Muse immediately confessed and gave them all of the evidence they needed to send him to prison. Uh, and whenever he was arrested, he had actually already eaten 45 pounds of Brandez's body. Hold on. How much meat is 45 pounds? Okay, so apparently it's, like, enough food to feed, like, a small, like, party. Okay, so he said that it tasted like pork. Good thing I don't eat pork. Ew. Need a drink. Anyways. <laughs> ah, I need to burp again, probably. Diet Coke makes me so freaking burpy, and I don't really know why. It's like, whenever I drink Diet Coke, I just immediately really need to burp. So, uh, at this time, there was actually no laws against cannibalism in Germany, and because of this, Muse was originally given only 8.5 years in jail. This was because the judge ruled that Brandes had consented to the act, and that they were both just very disturbed, and considered it to be a mercy killing. However, in 2007, Muse was sent to retrial, and now he is serving a life sentence in a prison. And I tried to figure out what prison he was in, but I couldn't, like, find the information anywhere. Uh, but he is now living out the rest of his days as a vegetarian. Which, like, good for him, I guess. I don't really know how I feel about it. It's like, a part of me is like, okay, what he did is very wrong, and it's very messed up. But the half of me is like, it was, like, Brandes consented the entire time. There was record of him consenting. He was just a very messed up individual. He was a very messed up individual, not individual. <sighs> I think the proper thing that could have been done is if Muse had noticed that and been like, hey, no, let's get you some help instead of me killing and eating you. Because that makes a lot more sense. But the next story we're going to talk about is a little bit dicier. This is a kind of recent story I heard about whenever I googled cannibal because I was trying to find the first story because I heard about it a long time ago from uh, a YouTuber that I like a lot and I found this story and I was like, whoa, <laughs> weird. So this is the story about Gilbert Valley, who is the cannibal cop. I, yeah, so, uh, Gilbert Valet was born on April 14th, 1984, in Queens, New York City. His life before college was super normal. He was probably, like, messed up because, you know, cannibal. Uh, but nothing, like, super noteworthy really happened to him growing up, and because this is a recent case, it's not like we have, like, detailed explanations for everything that's ever happened in his life just yet. So, uh, he graduated from the University of Maryland, 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 in 2006. I don't have my glasses today, by the way. I left them in my dorm, and I'm recording in the closet once again, so that's why I'm kind of having a little bit extra trouble with everything, uh, but he degreed, he degreeded. He graduated with a degree in psychology. In 2006, he also joined the New York Police Department and was assigned to the 26th Precinct in Morningside Heights, Manhattan. 
He then married Kathleen Cook Mangan in 2010 after meeting her on OkCupid, and they had a daughter who was born early 2012. There's no, like, exact date, and of course there's no name, and she's a child, so I wouldn't say it anyways. To everyone else, um, he was a super normal clop. To everyone else, he was a super normal cop. To everyone else, he was a super normal cop who spent all his days protecting the streets of New York City. However, whenever he got home, things would change. Using the screen name Girl Meat Hunter, he would go on a website called darkfetishnet.com. For some reason, saying that is really hard for me, probably because it's super weird and gross, and I did not check out the website. I don't know if it's still around. I don't want to check out the website. If it is still around, I don't want to know, so don't tell me. While his wife slept, uh, he began this website and discussed his deepest desires. He would talk about his fantasies to kidnap, assault, murder, and eat women. Like, a lot of them. Uh, he and other users would actually discuss their plans for killing and eating women. It was like, they did this kind of, like, to get off. So it'd be kind of like sexting, but so much worse. Like, so much worse. He would actually post pictures of real women he knew, including his wife, in a folder called Cook Them or Kill Them. When other users saw the pictures, they would all get together and have genuine discussions about if they would cook the women or if they would kill the women. Which, like, you can't really cook some- can you cook someone? Oh, yeah, it's like that Walking Dead episode where they ate that dude's legs, but he, like, still was left alive because they were cannibals, even though the zombies were all- Man, I totally forgot about that episode. Oh my god, that was so trippy. If you haven't seen it, I don't know what episode it is, but there's, like, one episode where this dude is kidnapped by these cannibals, and the cannibals being all like, we had to do what we had to do, and then he reveals, like, rips off the blanket, and the dude has no legs, and it's like, ah! But uh, I guess it's kind of, okay, I'm gonna move on now. <laughs> Anyways, um, he would also engage in one-on-one -on -one conversations to talk about specific women in the folder, and one woman named Kimberly, who, like, has no other identification besides the name, he wrote saying, I really want her to suffer. I just can't wait to get Kimberly cooking. <sighs> okay, uh, this would happen for a long time. I believe it, like, it went on for, like, many, many, many months, probably years. Uh, one day, his wife did check his computer history because he was a super shady dude and Kathleen thought he was cheating, so she installed spyware. And this may be, like, a little invasive, but thanks to her intuition, she was able to save not only herself, but possibly so many more women. After Kathleen saw all the pictures and all of the chat logs and everything, she left with her baby, and Valley tried to explain that it was just a fantasy of his, and then it just turned him on, but he would never really do it. Kathleen obviously didn't believe him. And why would she? This dude was nuts! So she took her fear to the FBI and told them everything that she saw on her husband's computer. Six FBI agents arrested him soon after and he was taken in for questioning, arrested, and denied on bail. He was in jail for 21 months and he awaited like a sentencing, a real one, and the FBI looked over his computer some more and uh, he found searches of phrases that was like how to prepare human meat, where to get huge cooking trays, and how to cook woman alive. He also had a document called Abducting and Cooking Kimberly 
blueprint that essentially was chats and detailed plans for abducting this mysterious woman. As the media tore the story apart, Valley was dubbed the cannibal cop and was found guilty by a jury of conspiracy to kidnap and sent to prison. Now, here is kind of the reason I didn't really kind of want to talk about the story, but it's important because people need to know. He was released. He had a sentence overturned and was fully exonerated. That was because the judge didn't feel as Valley was actually going to do anything. Uh, he talked about kidnapping women in a white van, but he didn't actually own one. He talked about a stove in his secluded mountain home that was big enough to cook a female body. He didn't have a mountain house or a real stove. Him and his disturbed online friends would set up kidnap dates and they would all not attend them. So it's like, it's like that's still not okay. Whatever. Anyways, he was obviously divorced by his wife and wrote a novel called The Gathering of Evil, which tells a story of a group of sadists who kidnapped two young New Yorkers and explores his fascination with killing and eating women. He described the book as very graphic and not for everyone. When trying to defend his actions, Valley said it's a sexual fetish. It's something that I didn't choose and it's something that I have to live with and I'm fine with. Uh, I can't scream, my throat hurts too bad. Uh, <laughs> this man shouldn't be around people. He just shouldn't be around humans. If we can indict pedophiles due to chat logs, like on To Catch a Predator, we should be able to arrest people who, like, like devise plans for eating people. This man, like, talked in detail about it. He had plans to kidnap this woman named Kimberly. You don't just do that just to get your kicks. That's not something a normal, like, this man needs to go away. I don't care where he goes, he needs to go away. And I understand that him not showing up to the kidnapping parties or whatever makes him, like, a little less guilty, but boy, that should at least put him, like, in a halfway home. Forever. And, like, he needs to have, like, constant police watch. <sighs> I just get so frustrated with things like this because this man spent like probably years talking about eating women and killing them and there are some people of color who get put away for like life sentences for weed and this man planned to kidnap, kill, and eat someone and he's currently free and just like roaming the streets and sometimes it just kind of shows that our judicial system can be kind of dicey sometimes. Like, I don't, I don't ever want to talk bad about cops because I have family members that are cops. I love my cousin that's a cop. But it's like, things like this that are happening make people not trust cops as much. Like, there shouldn't be someone walking around that wants to eat people. Like, he at least needs to be put away until they can figure out how to fix him. Like, I'm not saying he has, I'm saying he should go to jail. I'm not saying that he has to, though. I'm just saying that he should not be around human beings. I'm saying that he has to be put somewhere. We can't have a man like this just walking around. We can't just have pedophiles just walking around. There are certain fetishes. I don't want to kink shame anyone. But if your fetish talks about sexualizing children or eating people or sexual assault 
or really anything like that, you need to get help. That's not something that you can just be like, oh, it's just something that I live with and that I'm fine with. No, sexual fantasies aren't something that you can choose, but it's something that you can try and get help for. If you have a sexual fantasy of eating someone, you need to get help. Like, straight up. <sighs> That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying, man. Hey, you know what? You do you, boo-boo, but get some help, okay? He's probably not listening to this. If you are, hey, go to therapy. Like, just go to therapy. I'm sure that'll help you somehow, because... Okay, <laughs> that was my little spiel. Um, I'm just tired of like seeing people engage in these like terrible, terrible things and then be like, oh, well, it's just my fantasy. Like, it's just my like sexual fantasy. It's okay. And it's like, no, it's not. Like, there are some dudes on To Catch a Predator who are like, no, it was just role playing. We're just role playing as her being a. 13 year old it's like no that's still not okay like that's still not a good thing to do like obviously if it's two consenting adults like I'm not gonna be like don't do this but for you to talk with someone online and be like and whenever they're like oh yeah I'm 13 and you're like oh you know you're role-playing that's not okay that's not good it doesn't make it okay <laughs> being a pedophile isn't okay if you're just role-playing <sighs> Sorry, I've been watching a lot of To Catch a Predator stuff lately. Um, there's a YouTuber I like a lot called Mr. GG, and he has a To Catch a Predator series, and I've been re-watching it because the finale's coming up soon, and I just really love the series. It's really good. Check it out if you haven't yet, um, because Chris Hansen's kind of going crazy right now, so yeah, know how it is. But time to end this on a good thing. Um, this, uh, here's a good thing. <laughs> this week is the homecoming for my college, and actually, I'm really excited. The band 303 is coming to perform at our homecoming bonfire. And, it, like, 303 is that one band's like, Don't trust a hoe, never trust a hoe, don't trust a hoe, don't trust me. That song. Um, and many others, like the My First Kiss from a Little Like This song. Uh, there's many more, but those are, like, the two most popular ones. And I'm just really excited because um, it makes my little, uh, my little scene kid heart happy. I just can't wait to go. I haven't been to the bonfire in a bit. Um, last year, Jesse McCartney was at the bonfire, but um, I left halfway through just because I was with someone that, like, I don't know, he didn't really want to stay, so we just kind of left. But, uh, of course, at the time, I was like, no, it's totally fine, but looking back, I wish I had stayed, because it's freaking Jesse McCartney, man. <sighs> well, whatever. I'm really excited for 303. Um, I'm also going to a party this weekend. I think, probably. I'm really excited for it. My first party. I don't really go out and party that much. Um, my biggest parties consider of playing Smash with my friends. And that's kind of as crazy and as wacky and zany as I get. But, you know, I'm so excited. It's gonna be fun. But that's really it for today. I talked for a while now. This is gonna be kind of like a medium episode. My throat really hurts and I'm gonna go drink some water. So thank you for listening to the ninth episode of Up at Night, and I will talk to you the next time I can't sleep. Bye, guys.